Welcome to the Jack and Stacy Show, and I'm Stacy's son Clark, and here to tell you about it. There are two women wrestling with things of this broken and beautiful life. Each week, they will tackle a topic in a transparent, sometimes distracted, but always fun way that hopefully encourages and challenges you. They will break down each topic by looking at it through four lenses, ourselves, God, our people, and our community. They will then they will then give you a task to go forth with. Vaya con Dios. Welcome to the Jackie and Stacy show. I'm Stacy and I'm Jackie and we're here today to um, have our final episode on the topic of Live, love, love. Oh, yeah, we sing. Love, love. love. <laughs> do, do, do. love, love, love. love. Join us, everybody. Everybody now. Is that part of that song, too? Maybe. I don't know. Um, and we are. You may are... have to pay millions now for that. Oh, yeah. We do not own the rights to that song, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So today we are interviewing Diane Pate and Rick Pate. And Jackie's going to tell us a little bit about them, and we will look through all four of our lenses together. Yeah, it's been fun to talk about love in the month of February. We usually aren't that predictable, but this month we just went with it. Yeah, on on theme. (laughs) On theme, yes. And so as I was driving over here, I was thinking about you both, and I was thinking, how long have I known Rick and Diane? So I think I knew you first, Diane, and Mm -hmm. I met you, I want to say, 22 years ago. Wow, good Um, Well, the reason I remember is because I was pregnant with my oldest child Mm -hmm. when I moved to SVCC, moved to Salinas, and... um, and SBCC is the I was church. just going to say that. Salinas okay. Valley Community Church is the church where I, well, I, I, is that where I met you too? Well, we'll get yeah. to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but did, were you on staff at that point, Diane? I think you were. Uh, yes. And I remember going to your house before you had kids. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So we met and um, I think we sang in the choir together yeah, a few times. Yes. And you led some Bible studies that I was in, I think. Maybe, maybe so. Or we and were in definitely them together. some outreach events. Outreach things for sure. Oh, for sure. there are some fun ones that we could talk about. But I, from the very beginning, and sorry about the sirens in the background, but um, this is real life, right? Not for us. <laughs> yeah, thank God. From the very beginning, I just respected you from the get-go. I, I admired oh, you. you. I looked up to you. Um, you were someone that I wanted more of in my life from the very beginning. And I was, I thought I was a baby. That was like so long ago. I think I was 30. I was 30. Um, yeah, 30. Um, so, and then, um, you know, over the years we've done things together and I've gotten to know you a little bit, but that was... 22 years ago, and Rick, somewhere along the line, I'm not going to remember the exact time, but I met you somewhere in there, too, yeah. and I remember um, having the same sense about you, just a lot of respect. You know, when you meet someone, you know, you just kind of get a sense of mm. them, right? And I just really respected you. What year did you, were you at starting to go to SBC? I started when they were meeting at Notre Dame, okay. so whenever that was. Years and years ago. Long time ago. Yeah. Long time ago. 25 years ago, right? Okay. 95, so more I did, than that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't encounter you that much. Our paths didn't cross as much because mm-hmm. we weren't, you weren't doing women's ministry. <laughs> true. Very true. That's true. Very uh, but, um, and then, well, we'll let you tell this part, but you were both in ministry, um, now less professionally more vocationally would you say yeah. or is that, is that are those words synonymous and i just i don't know vocational yeah. that's job it, i yeah, would say you it's... did surprising things like yeah. that were more service oriented like wash washing clothes for confidence pregnancy center, oh me oh, yeah oh, he yeah. used to do things that i go oh, yeah. that what? Huh? what are you doing <laughs> Oh my gosh! And you guys are grandparents. Oh, are. oh yes, we are. And you are loving husband and wife to each other, we and are. you are parents mm-hmm. and active community members, and now spiritual directors. Is that true? Correct. That's true. Yes. Okay, yeah, so welcome. Thank you. And yeah. now, why don't you tell us anything about yourselves that I left out, or that really matters to you? <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we'll, we'll probably. I'll, I'll just give you a little more background about me. Yeah. So I, I graduated from West Point. I was in the oh. Army for a little over five years. Then I worked for PG&E for 28 years. And then I joined, I was met, we met with Mark Simmons, who's now the senior pastor. And uh, he asked me if I wanted to be the care pastor there. So 
that started in that phase of my life. So I was on staff for 13 years as a care and adult pastor. Okay. Um, and then I guess, you know, the other thing that has, well, being a dad is very important to me. Um, but one of the things that has marked me is that I'm the father of a special needs child. Uh, so we have a son, Andy, who now lives in a group home and having a great time there. Aww. But uh, he has Down syndrome and um, for a while was a single dad. Uh, so he, he was with me for a number of years. <laughs> well, and I'm Andy glad you was. brought that up because yeah. hopefully we can talk more about it. But I didn't want to say it in the introduction because I wanted to allow yeah, yeah. you to bring that up. But sure. that was how I was. I first met you was when yeah. you were parenting Andy and you were single. And I was mm-hmm. just so drawn to and impressed by the love that you had for Andy and the love you have for each other and the yeah. beautiful way that you, the two of you interacted with yeah, each well, other. Yeah, well, you know, the, the thing about love is that you find it in unexpected places mm. and Andy actually showed me a lot of love. I mean, he's one of those, he, he had his moments, but he is just a very loving person, you know, deep down inside. So that was how he shaped me. Yes, cool. yeah. That's pretty cool. So that's a little background. Yeah, awesome. What about you, Diane? What do you want to add to the? Oh, what do I want to say? Well, I think I'm a person that is a, sort of a restless person. Mm. So I was a teacher for a long, for a number of years, and um, and then one thing I liked about being on staff at our church, and I was on staff for 25 years, is I got to do a whole variety of things. Ah. I ended up being the executive pastor mostly because I'd done all the jobs. <laughs> so you knew how to do it all. You can great. I had at least some experience yeah. with it. I could relate to people. Yeah. So I, I'd say that was true. And maybe in my late forties, I had a restlessness about um, just my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. I, th- I just had this big question: like, isn't there more than this? Mm-hmm. There has to be more than this. What mm-hmm. I knew about my faith, and I know that's part of later, but that's what led me into looking at more contemplative forms Mm -hmm. of worship and spiritual direction, which is what I'm doing now. That's so Mm -hmm. cool. So I, I want to, I have so many follow-up questions. So here's what I want to start with. What Enneagram number are you both? Well, I'm a two. (laughs) Big surprise. (laughs) Not shocked. (laughs) Okay. I might surprise. Okay. Maybe I'm a nine. Oh, peacemaker. So yeah, it really, really fits my core of who I am. And but I found out about Enneagram in the 80s, actually. A friend gave me a book. So way back then, and I read this book, and I said, oh, I'm a three. Because I was raised by a mom who, you know, kind of mm-hmm. developed that side. Which is the achiever, for those of you right. who are mm-hmm. um, But really, the core of me, when I really studied it more recently, I realized, oh, I'm not at all a three. I'm, a, I'm, I'm one of those real pure, out there number, the okay. peacemaker, a nine. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Sorry, I just had to ask. Sure. No <laughs> and problem. I want to ask because we've said spiritual director, but maybe people listening, and m- including me, don't exactly know what Anybody that is. Perfect. Can you define <laughs> it and say what that means? Like what type of work is that or what kind sure. of service is that? Sure. Um, well, I could s- yeah, either ahead. of us could do that. So it is, I would say it's, uh, form of spiritual companionship. You are walking alongside someone to help them to see how God is at work in their life. So it's it's really listening and um, wondering with the person, mm. uh, and then just seeing what they're discovering about who God is and how He's at work, or even how they're frustrated in their relationship with God. Uh, so it's, it speaks to your, what's going on intellectually in your mind, in your emotions, in your body, and certainly in your spirit, in your soul. So uh, it, I really think it's a sacred space. So there's times of silence, uh, there's times for reflection, um, and we meet with groups too. And when we meet with groups, we'll use either scripture or uh, in what's called Lexio Divina, which is a sacred reading, or a picture, a Visio Divina, that look that gives people an opportunity to uh, see what's happening there when they look at that and how it's causing them to feel and think, um, so on. So it's, uh, 
it's just an amazing experience, yeah. really, yeah. yeah. Can you tell us, Dan can maybe add to that anything that comes to mind, but also tell us about the process to get there. That's just something mm -hmm. you guys have done in the last, what, 10 years? Or yeah, maybe yeah. a little over, mm -hmm. a little more than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, well, a friend of mine, uh, Lisa Fletcher, invited me to read some information she had on spiritual direction and I, I said the same as you what's that yeah. mm -hmm. and it's really a misnomer like you you did a great explanation it's not really directing it's more companionship mm. but it's called that um, and she said because a friend of hers had suggested she do that so I kind of followed with her on her journey um, and then we went on a silent retreat and I was asked to be in a spiritual formation group on that, or to apply to be on that, uh, in that group. And so I went to that group, it was a nine month group in the Bay Area. Wow. And one of the things they did was they gave us the gift of having a spiritual director full of, free of charge. Wow. And, uh, usually, and you pay a fee usually right. to go to a spiritual director. And I loved it. Mm -hmm. And so, Several people, maybe four p different people that I respected said, you should, you should do the training to be a spiritual director. There's various avenues to, for the training to answer your question. Um, I chose to go to a seminary for seminary training and uh, do a three-year course because I thought I would like the theological underpinnings of it, especially in an area where we all would say, what's spiritual direction? Is that even a thing? What is that? And so I thought it would be good if I got the background to it. So we, I did that, and then the my second year, Rick decided he would right. join me in it. So then he did that, and we graduated in that. And then I found out my last year, I had no clue about this, that if I had the prerequisites, which I did, I that we had completed six of the core courses for um, a doctorate of ministry. Oh my goodness. So I thought, yeah. uh, and they said, you just need to take three more courses and do your, oh, wow. and do your dissertation. Uh, yeah. But, um, so I thought, why wouldn't I do that? I right. love this stuff. I'm just eating it up. Oh. I'm going to do it. So I did that. Oh yeah. my gosh. And but that's not necessary. That's just me. So, I loved it so yeah. much. Yeah. So do you feel like, this is kind of a random question, but do you feel like it kept you young? In a way, yes. Our cohort uh, that we were in, you know, every everybody does everything in a cohort these days, but mm -hmm. um, they're from all over the world, and mm -hmm. they were all ages, but some of our really good friends, I mean, I was 60 when I started that, um, the initial course, and some of, some, of the, some of them were in their early 30s, they were my kids' ages, and so we're still friends. Mm -hmm. We still, okay. you know, have Zoom calls. I mean, because they're everywhere. They're in Scotland and Hong Kong oh. and some here in California. And But we're such close friends because yeah. we actually live together for three weeks out every year. So for three years. Wow. So we're still close friends. And mm -hmm. yeah, I felt it was so stimulating. Yeah. You can tell my passion in my voice. It was mm -hmm. so stimulating. And yeah. it was just really fun. Mm -hmm. And just made me want to learn more. Yeah. So what it, what's the practice look like then? So if I call you and go, okay, I need some spiritual direction. Yeah. Now what? Mm -hmm. Then what? I go lay on your couch. <laughs> That's awkward. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why mean we so, could? Right? So, Is it like therapy? Uh, no, it's, it's, not, it's not therapy. It's not coaching. That's what they say. It's, but it's similar. It's sort of, yeah, sort of similar. But so usually... <laughs> Uh, sure. So we we totally each, clear. We, each <laughs> totally have, is, we each have spiritual oh, no. directions. In fact, we also have supervisors because it is uh, we're not licensed, but it is a professional practice. So we uh, go to a supervisor just to make sure they they check in with us to see how we're doing and uh, if we have any issues and so on. Um, so normally, so Stacy, if you said, "Hey, Rick, I want to go have spiritual direction. Mm -hmm. Would you meet with me?" Sure. Then we would come and uh, we would. It, it usually it lasts for an hour, um, and we're sitting across from each other, and I, uh, we just begin with either silence or prayer, and then we would just find out what's going on with you and your relationship with God. So it would be, I might do something like, if you didn't come with anything, I would say, well, Stacy, what was your week like? Where did you meet God in your week? Or where did you feel far from him? Hmm. And what, how are you feeling in that? And... Um, do you have any response for God? So it's really how are that relationship that you have with God, because we really believe that that we today we were we're 
teaching the elementary third through fifth graders. At, uh, we do it once a month at our church. Fine. So the lesson talked about the Bible teaching us how to live for God. Well, actually, we feel more that the Bible calls a, tells us how to live with God. Mm-hmm. And it's that with God life that we experience in this in this um, time of spiritual direction. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if that fully answers your question, but uh, it that's what the practice is right. w- would look like. Yeah. And I would just say in a group that uh, it's quite a bit different. There's mm-hmm. different kinds of groups, spiritual direction groups, but some of them, um, like Stacy, you might bring up, I want to talk about this thing that happened this week. Mm-hmm. And um, and then we would all, we there are a lot of pauses and no crosstalk. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we might... Um, each person might say something they noticed as you were talking, not mm-hmm. anything about crosstalk. And so then all of a sudden you realize, it helps you to realize yeah. where God showed up and what you were thinking about it and what you were, a lot of body work, what you were feeling. Yeah. And so we're just trained to notice those things. If it's one-on-one, usually you bring something to talk about and typically people come to me with, okay, so I have like three things I want to talk about today. And they'll, you know, they're used to meeting with me. So I have about 21 people, individuals I meet with, and I have about three or four groups. I have about five in about three groups, yeah. And then we meet with, um, we also are now, we've been at retreats where we've, they ask us to come and help do spiritual direction there. And then we meet with a group in the Bay Area that's, they're alumni from this nine-month program that we were in as kind of follow-up. So um, we facilitate a group of spiritual direction with them on an afternoon retreat once a month. So it's really, this is a contemplative practice, and Mm -hmm. we believe that and have heard and really believe that that the contemplative life is a long, loving look at the real. And that's what we experience in Wait, this Wait, write that down. It's a long, loving look at the real. Yeah. And the real is really God. Right. right. Yes. God is the real. Right. Mm-hmm. I love that. But each part's important. It's a long look. So, you know, it starts with self, and I know we'll talk about that, but it starts with self, and it's a long look at that. Mm-hmm. You know, not, not a brief look, a long look. And, um, but it's always a loving look, not a shamed look, mm. not a humility, it's always a loving look, because that's how God looks at us. And then the real, what's real about us, what's real about our, our world around us, and what's real about God, most importantly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I feel but, like we could talk about that for yes, hours. Yes, we could. <laughs> so, but even branching off from there, so if our topic is love, how do you look at yourself with love? Like you were just describing, that's the, if that's the first practice, and that is our topic, and that's yeah. where we start every month, is starting with ourselves and kind of how do we interact with this topic. Uh-huh. Um, and it is a challenge. Like we've talked, this is woven into every topic that we have, really, yeah. mm-hmm. is that um, we talk about generous assumptions with others, but even gen- but generous assumptions with yourself sure. and softness with yourself and grace mm-hmm. for yourself is sometimes difficult. Yeah. Maybe especially for women, I, but, I, but I maybe so. not. Mm-hmm. I don't know no, no, I agree. if that is true. No. You know, we're reading a book right now. It's called um, Finding Humility by Richard Foster. And he's, mm-hmm. it's just really his three-year reflection on humility, things mm-hmm. he read about it. And, um, also, just some learnings he got from the Lakota people of North, North Dakota. So it's a real interesting book. But in looking at humility, which is so tied into love, when you think about self, he said, it's not self-focus, which it sounds like from mm-hmm. what I just said, but it's not self-focus, mm-hmm. and it's not self-humiliation, it's more self-forgetfulness. Mm-hmm. So it's just being so easy in yourself that you can then focus your attention on others and on God. Yeah, and I, you know, it's so easy to measure the love for yourself by what other people think about you and your performance. And uh, that has always been a struggle for me. So it, it's especially as a two. A two. Hello two right <laughs> yeah, yeah. here. So I don't need your help. You know, I'm I fine. Yeah. But actually, I do. And it's that's part of the humility, you know. And, um, and I think because I, I was raised in and and grew up in the whole performance thing that I'm trying to, uh, I really wanted my dad to respect and appreciate mm-hmm. me. And I thought that if I did all these things and performed really well, that 
that would happen. And I found out later that he didn't really care about that. He just loved me. And no. that's the kind of love I want to have for myself is the, um, well, unconditional, you know, knowing that I'm not perfect, obviously, but uh, I am made in the image of God and a dearly loved son of God. And that's the basis for the love that I can have for myself. I love that. So what would you say, and maybe that's what you just said, actually, but what would you say to someone who came to you in a spiritual direction mm-hmm. scenario and said, I don't know how to love myself. Mm-hmm. Like, where do I start? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. you're obviously yeah. not going to fix it in that moment, but where would you have them start? Maybe? Uh, wow. I think, you know, what helped me start, maybe I'll come at it sideways right. a little yeah, bit, I like that. Um, is... At that first retreat I told you about, that silent retreat, there's a little bit of teaching. Hmm. And one of the things she said, she well, she had us look at the baptism of Jesus. And God talked about Jesus in this. This is my beloved son. And she used the translation that said, in whom I delight. Oh, and she mm-hmm. talked about God's delight for us. Mm-hmm. Then she went to Jesus's time that he had with his disciples before uh, he was on the cross, and he was. He said, "I and the Father are one." That same love that the, I have for the Father, than the Father has for me, I have for you. We have, you know, it's this oneness of love. And so this retreat leader said, "So that means that if God loves us in the same way, He's delighted in us. He's just so delighted." And I thought to myself, "I mean, a light bulb just..." I mean, I, it more than went on, it just burst in me because I had thought of, I know God loves me and so I can love myself because God loves me. But there, that's different than every time God sees me, he's yeah. happy to be with me, he can't wait to be with me, he smiles, he's delighted. I thought, I don't think of myself that way. That's where it started yeah. from my yeah. journey yeah. was really seeing God's delight in me. And yeah. I thought, if he delights in me, I should be able to delight me. It's still a very long journey. It'll be a lifelong journey to really understand that. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. You never, yeah. you never arrive. Right. That no. One, right. And I like what you said at the beginning too about it's not navel gazing, right? Like right. I just feel like it's no. not thinking about how amazing I am. it's not that at all. But it's what did just, you call it? Navel gazing. Navel gazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've it's never heard term. that term. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's 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 being comfortable enough. Loving yourself enough to be able to look outward, right? right. right. Not consumed right. by do they like me and what are right. they thinking what about they me think? and what oh, are that was all awkward. right? Because yeah. yeah, I just I love that image. I'm going to carry that with me. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I think too that um, it there. I wonder what the obstacles are that would cause a person not to love themselves. Mm. You know what's standing in the way, and um, you know a lot of times it's. It, it might have to do with desires, like mm-hmm. I have these desires and, you know, what do I do with these? And, you know, the, I, God loves our heart and wants us to understand that desires are part of that. So, um, you know, mm-hmm. the scripture says, delight in the Lord, he will grant you the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. So there's this, it's not, desires aren't something we need to be afraid of. It's something that's part of who we are, and we just need to hold those before God and see what he says about those. Mm. So, And in doing that, I think you, you get to realize, hey, this is part of who I am, and, and that's good, you know, mm. yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Well, maybe we should move on to the second lens, although we've kind of, the first two lenses are getting intertwined, which is to be expected, right? The mm-hmm. second lens is faith. <laughs> How do you really separate love so, from right, God? Right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess anything anything that comes to mind in terms of, again, someone comes to you and says, I, I can't feel God's love. I don't, uh, I don't know how to feel God's love or to show my love to God. Yeah. What would you say to them? Would it be the same or would it be different? Mm. What, how would you, any thoughts on that? Well, it might be part of that. But, well, yeah. I, first of all, it's hard to say what you would say because I, um, a spiritual direction is very... A, very spirit-led. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, you get a feel for that person. The Holy Spirit is, we always say there's uh, three persons mm. present. Mm-hmm. In fact, we always light a ca- candle just as a visual oh, reminder yeah. that mm-hmm. that third person is God. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that um, 
God shows up every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's amazing how he might show us when, if someone said that, what is the thing that's mm-hmm. holding them back from mm-hmm. feeling God's love? Sometimes we feel it or we just ask them to tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. From what they say, then right. we can, we don't give them advice. Right. We would maybe say, we'd get maybe an insight or we might um, have another deeper question. They say spiritual direction is just um, asking the Good ever question. deeper questions okay. and not tying a bow. So maybe I let know me that fix my answer. question. No, no, no. My question was not good. And I knew it as I was asking it. So thank you for answering it so graciously, but here's a better question. I think, and maybe you have one. How do you experience God's love? Huh? Okay. That's a great, yeah. that's a great answer. Wow. Well, I would, I would say that, well, maybe it starts at a young age. So I was raised in the Catholic church and I'm, um, and I was an altar boy. So this is when they still, the mass was still in Latin, so we had to learn all that and everything. But there was something about uh, the beauty and majesty and mystery, and I know that God is uh, transcendent, but even in that, in the midst of understanding that, I knew that he desired an intimate relationship in some way. I didn't wow. know how to achieve that at yeah. that point. Yeah. But I think that seed was always there. Wow. And so I'm, uh, then through the years, uh, you know, I don't think that ever totally went away. Mm-hmm. And uh, then when we had this opportunity to experience a contemplative life in a different way, um, I got to see how and acknowledge how deeply God loves me um, and really all of us. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's uh, was, you know, at the Sunday school this morning, we were talking about the with God life. Uh, and sort of, and uh, and so one of the passages I used was um, John one fourteen, mm-hmm. where um, the Word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. You know, Eugene Peterson says, and came to live in the neighborhood. So, I mean, he yeah. he loves us so much that that's what he did. And <laughs> how could I not want to experience that love? But again, there. People come with all kinds of stuff, and there's going to be stuff that keeps them from thinking, how could God really love me? Um, And those are the things that we don't need to be ashamed of or be embarrassed about. And in understanding, even in the midst of that, you're God's, you're a, uh, a delightful son or daughter of God. He just delights in you um, in the midst of any struggles that you have. So, yeah. I, I think uh, to answer how it works for me currently is I first had to have that belief that God delights in me needed to be in my head first, that mm-hmm. I knew that was true. Mm. But then once I did, I think part of the training we've had helps us to notice mm. when God um, is close to us. Um, and there's ways we do that, but how, how God has been close to us in each day, how we've distanced ourselves or been distracted and not noticed God, and then just point that out with no shame to God in conversations. Mm-hmm. So developing continual conversations with God over the years, and we've been doing this for over 10 years now, uh, has developed in me this real sensitivity to the Spirit and just the sense of God's continual companionship and love for me. Mm-hmm. And I know that when I talk to him about anything, he's going to, or, and some people call it, I'm, I'm comfortable calling God he or she. Yeah. Um, so I just feel that he, God is with me and God will answer and God is going to show me love and, um, and I'm gonna feel it in my body. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. and I even, I'm sensitive to where I feel it. And so um, I've just developed out of, it's an intentionality. Mm-hmm. There's an intentionality to feeling God's okay. love. Yeah, and I think too that, that we also experience God's love in our relationship with other people. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, one of my joys is just to be outside in nature. Mm, and yeah. I mean, it, who could not walk at Fort Ord National Monument and go to the top of one of those areas and look over the valley and not say, God is good. I mean, (laughs) it's so beautiful. We're just so blessed to even, yeah, to live here. Yeah, we experience and just taking time to notice it. Yeah. Yeah. 
and attribute it. I'm having this moment that we have to do one time. We'll have to do the topic of religion. I want to have a month where we talk about religion, and we're gonna to have to have you guys back because I, my brain is going to all sorts of other questions that I want to ask yeah. that are not related to the topic of love, but I want to have some conversation, more conversations. <laughs> um, interesting word, but yeah. So okay, so maybe we should. It was a good. Well, I want to ask oh. a, one more more specific yes. question. I'm always like the, but how. That's, you'll notice all my questions And so my question is, um, can you help us to understand a little bit, like we've used this word, a contemplative practice. Mm -hmm. Can you help us in a few like practical ways, like how you do that? Sure. So going in nature, that's one. So I wrote that down in advance of my question. Yeah. Um, you sort of answered that, but what does that look like to really yeah. sit in contemplation with God? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's a big hurdle for, like, me, especially over the years. Like, what did it mean to hear God's voice? Mm-hmm. And what does it mean to pray? Like, mm-hmm. what is that even like? You know, you, you used this conversation, this constant conversation with God. And, you know, there's some practices that I try to incorporate now, but what are some ways that you've seen others or that you practice this oh, contemplative life mm-hmm. and contemplative just i mean really it means more thoughtful quiet mm-hmm. uh practices mm-hmm. right so um there's some there are practices that we do that actually help us to quiet our spirits down so that we can hear god's voice and someone i think it was henry it might have been henry now i'm not sure i need to look it up again um uh, but one of the contemplative authors said there is no deepening with God without silence. So uh, mm-hmm. one of the practices that we use that I think is really important, and you have to cultivate it at first, that was so difficult for me, is to take time of silence, quieting your breathing down, not talking to God, just, in fact, when thoughts come in, just welcome them and then let them go, mm-hmm. and, uh, and just sit in a relaxed mode in quiet. I think silence and solitude is one of the ones that mm-hmm. cultivates. It, I don't hear from God when I practice silence, and I try to every day. Uh, but it quite, I am a very wired person, very <laughs> wired, and yet I want peace, right? So that's been a conflict all my life. And the only thing I've ever found that has quieted my soul and quieted me down inside is sitting quietly in silence, letting all the sediment settle so that I can see clearly. And then later in the day when I'm doing other things, an insight will come in that's so different and so sharp that I know it's from God. Mm-hmm. But I first have to get quiet. So that's a really important one. That's mm-hmm. just one, but that's mm-hmm. one. Yeah, and I think um, the slow reading of Scripture is an important mm-hmm. one too. So not, I mean, it's, it's good to study the Bible and understand uh, the people that it was written for or to, certainly it's for us as well, but uh, looking at the context and the culture and so on, that's really important. But it's also important to just sit with us, and sit with it and hear what God has to say to us. So pick a short passage and, um, and then just read it a couple of times and, and think about what that is saying, what the Holy Spirit has for you. Um, I think that's has really helped me. Um, another is a practice called the examine, um, E-X-A-M-E-N, and it's, a, it's an ancient practice, really, but it's looking, you take a period of time, maybe the day, or it could be uh, half a day, or just any period of time, and see, look back and, and think about uh, where you felt you were drawing close to God, where you thought you were moving away from Him, and then uh, what the the next period of time might look like. It's not to it's not to try to fix anything, mm. but just to notice uh, where God is in in that. May I um, add to the exam when you're done? Sure. Keep going, well, but when and you're it, done. for me, what I found Before is that it shows uh, kind of trends. So mm. uh, it might might show me that, hey, I'm feeling, when these things happen, what's happening is I'm feeling defensive. Mm. So what's that all about? Maybe I need to hold that before God and see, well, I, I'm, maybe I can't change this on my own, but you can help me do that. And, um, and then move into, into that change in some way. Yeah, the, I, was, I was thinking one way I like to look at it is, 
looking back at my day today, what things brought me joy and what things just sucked the life right out of me. <laughs> and the idea is if you're doing that every day, you kind of, the idea is to gravitate more towards the things that bring you joy and not those things that, or people even, that continually just suck life out of you. Yeah. And not, like, I love that you said, um, not try to fix it. Those are the things that you bring in conversation to God and say, that just sucked the life out of me and I yeah. don't know what to do about it. So right. I need help. Uh, was it Anne Lamott, an author that we oh. love, that said love that prayer? Um, oh, yeah. Do you guys know her? Yeah. She's fantastic. Her. Yeah. And her prayer was um, help. Wow. wow. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I'm talking more about that kind of prayer. Like, yeah. help. I don't know what to do about that. Later, I go, oh, wow. Thanks. <laughs> That's it. You know? there, and there are authors that really speak into this. Well, Henry Nouwen is one, obviously. Eugene Peterson, Dallas Willard, Richard Foster. Richard Rohr. Uh, Richard, Richard Rohr. Rohr is a big one. one of my favorites. And yeah. any of those, would, they would be good sources to look at, too, to, to find more, to go on the journey. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. So there are a lot of specific, slower practices mm -hmm. that we use to help us to get there, Yeah, which has changed our lives, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's part of spiritual formation. And so we're never fully formed. We're being formed. And, uh, you know, it's just a neat road to the... It's like the... I don't know. I was just thinking of the... Um, uh, oh, shoot. The um, J.R. Tolkien's books, mm. you know, because they're on this journey. And, and there, was a, there was an end result, but, but the biggest things happened along the journey. Right. And I think that's what... The destination certainly you, there will be one, but but the journey is is what really is cool. Stacy, I say one more little practical of thing course. about this. So you know, I told you I'm I'm a wired person. So I could be in a meeting and I have a million thoughts going through my head. I'm all wired. I'm trying to think of the strategy that I want to say and stuff, and I'm tense then. Mm. And so um, I've learned just a simple little thing that really I start I slow down my breathing. And then I just put my hand here, and in my head, I say, here. Which reminds me, God is here. He's mm. with me in this meeting. Slow it down. I'm here. So, so I just yeah. say, here, and I put my hand over my gut where I is, I'm really tight. And mm. just say, here. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Internally. It's just a simple little practice. Yeah, yeah. I like that for you, too. But it's those it's all those little practices where mm -hmm. yes, something many you can little practices. catch. Yeah. Because many who are listening and myself, you know, you think, Oh yeah, that is when I find myself closest to God. Yeah. Oh, and then you're kind of making these connections yeah. like, yeah. Oh and then to be able to to choose intentionally to yes. go there mm -hmm. on the regular so that you can get in communion with exactly. God. Exactly. And receive that love that, that we're all and that's an important word. For practices yes. because that's Practice. what they are i mean we're so our granddaughters molly and zoe are playing basketball now well you don't just give them a basketball and go hey go play right you have to learn you have to practice and spiritual practices are important because yes. they do just as you said they prepare you for as life goes on and you're going up against something you can say okay well i know this about how to respond in that way because I entered into these practices. Mm -hmm. yeah. Don't you think when you're younger, you don't actually believe that those practices will make a difference? But as you get older, I just this morning I woke up and I, the first thought I had when I looked out the window is, thank you, God, for those hills. Thank you for my night's sleep. Like my first thoughts were gratitude. Mm -hmm. That's not just because it happens that way. Like I have for 15 years practiced so gratitude. Mm -hmm. And now I found, that was my first thought. My first thought wasn't wow. like, oh, I don't want to get up. Or, oh, you know? And and that's no, like, uh, praise to myself. It's a practice of, of over. And so those things do add up over time. So as you get older, yeah. you, realize, you realize, you know, those things that I put my energy in, God honors that practice and sure. brings, multiplies those efforts yeah. to a certain degree, too. It's so cool. And it, really and it cool. could be something as simple as laughter. I think that's that's I a spiritual too. practice that mm. I want for this year for myself. Oh, I love it. To be yeah. able to laugh more. So. That's good. Even at myself, which sometimes Stacey really thinks that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of a joke that I can't tell. <laughs> Okay, I will tell it. I told it. I, it's a little 
R rated. Yeah, a little PG thirteen maybe. As long as it's sure. okay. Okay. We can't wait. I asked my son and his little friend today, so I said, What kind of bees make milk? Milk bees. Uh... Boobies. <laughs> <laughs> They probably thought that was oh, hilarious. Oh, they were like, Mom, that's oh, so inappropriate. Oh, <laughs> okay. So, well, it's funny. just... So, guess how you... Oh, don't even tell oh, me. So that, some of my favorite jokes are dad, dad oh, yes. jokes. Yes. So this Christmas, one of my favorite presents was two of our granddaughters made me a booklet of oh, dad jokes. Oh, Typed them so out, good. put a cover on oh, them, and everything. Oh, that's it the was, best. That's priceless. Yes. Yes. So we are laughing a lot. That's good. Okay. That's, that's yes. Go. You sure? I know. Yeah. Keep going. Well, I just have a topic that's that I'm like, oh, we cannot end this conversation without talking about this one thing. Do you know what I'm going to say? Uh, Maybe. <laughs> you say it. Well, okay. I would. I just want you guys to talk about your love story because we're at the yes. place yes. now where we where we um, talk about love and our close relationships. Right. So right. I w- we would love. I would love for you yes. to tell yes. us about. Yes. I had the great honor and privilege of being at your wedding, yeah. and yeah. I, I. Anyway, so tell us a little bit about your love story, if you don't mind, and then also any other close relationships and how le- you yeah. experience yeah. love in those relationships. Sure, sure. That would be lovely. Want <laughs> me to start? Well, you can start. It doesn't matter. You can start too. Uh, I love to start. Uh, so here's the thing: um, we were both single parents for a number of years. Um, Diane had four children, I had three. So we, I was working, um, volunteering with the high school group at our church. And part of what the youth pastor asked the volunteers to do was to meet with some of the students in small groups. So I had several of those small groups and one of them, Josh Stover, was in my, that's my son. That's Diane's son, was in my small group. So I would, um, you know, call to check on him every once in a while. Diane would answer the phone and we chat. And uh, so I'll let you tell that part of the say, story. Can we go back and <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. This, I had sort of this out of body experience. You know, usually I would answer the phone and then I would. No one in our house ever liked to answer the phone, so that I'd answer the phone. And it would be Rick, and he'd want to talk to Josh, and he would talk to, he's very polite, yes. so he would always be a gentleman and talk to me first. But one day, I thought, okay, I feel like I was myself looking down at this conversation and saying, he's going to ask you out on a date. You and saw it? That is totally weird. He was so <laughs> not going to do that. Oh and then he God. said, Would you like to go to lunch? Stop <laughs> it! So, but even before that, so I, um, at one time when Diane was going through a really d- dark time in her life, um, she read this book uh, called um, by Eugene Peterson, a Long, the, Long Obedience, Obedience in the, in the Same Direction, direction. Oh. which is about the Psalms mm-hmm. of the Ascent. So uh, they asked Diane to, to talk one Sunday about that, and I heard her talk, and I thought, wow, mm. this woman is something. I, get, I need to get to know her better. So, and then, you know, this whole thing happened with Josh. But he, she also came um, and talked to our high school group about volunteering for Awana, ah. our midweek children's program. And I thought, wow, she's great. I need to know more about her. Oh. So it was those kind of things that built up to the asking for the so I got it were you like fingers crossed like please put Josh Stover in my (laughs) please give me her phone number you arranged it a little (laughs) bit thanks Stacy but maybe that was going through well I thought so Josh had these two young guys that led their group and they had so much fun all the time and then they decided not to do it anymore and so then Rick got their group and I thought is he gonna like Rick? Rick's like old. <laughs> <laughs> He's like two years older than I am. But yeah. I thought, yeah, that's old. So, um, and Josh loved him as a leader, and I thought, oh, yeah. who is this guy? Josh yeah. really likes him. So, mm. so here's some funny things happened when, oh, we, when we started, um, you know, going out and stuff. So we didn't, you know, we go to church. We wouldn't hold hands or do any of that stuff because it was. 
Because you live in a fishbowl. Yeah, fish yeah. yeah. so, so Diane and I, there, there used to be um, a video rental store in South Salinas that we would go to. Back in the day. Yeah, back in the day. <laughs> when and they had Hollywood Video, yeah. Blockbuster Video, or yeah, yeah, the local one. Yeah, Blockbuster. Like so, we, <laughs> so Diane and I and Andy were in there looking for videos. So oh, no. Mark Simmons <laughs> happens to be in there looking for videos too, and he our pastor. He, and, and he, he didn't did he not know. What are you two? No. What is huh? What's going on no, here? No, he didn't know. So, <laughs> and then we uh, he, he wanted to have a personality test administered by a person that was on our staff then, uh, because I had already done that, and he wanted to know how compatible we were, and so she said. So I did. I, I told it was, yes, it was the so adult pastor at the time. Yeah, and I said, Yeah, it's really about Diane. <laughs> oh, ah, we still kept it really separate. And plus, yeah. um, I didn't want people to pester my kids about it all the time. Right. Either. So, you know, that's a real well, pain here's, for them. Here's the other thing that I really respect about Diane um, is that she, when her husband left, she told her kids that she would not get married until they were all out of high school. Wow. And I, 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 I want to say I, yeah. that's not for everyone. It was because right. my kids were so traumatized mm-hmm. by oh. the whole thing. Yeah. It was a huge trauma. And yeah. I knew that I needed to focus on them. They were yeah. pretty wounded. Yeah. So, yeah. so that. Really wounded, actually. So, Krista was still in high school. And when we, when I proposed, and so we, uh, we, and then she was going to go off to school in September, but she decided, and then, so we were going to wait and get married in Aww. September. So then um, she decided, <laughs> you know, I want to, I'm going to hang around for a year with uh, mom oh. and Rick just to see what the family dynamic is like and so on. She and, actually said, and this really touched my heart, she actually said, uh, I'm going to not go to college the first year, and I want you to go ahead and get married in September because I want it to be that when I come home, Rick feels like home. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's sweet. so so anyway, we so we're talking. We're, we had already talked to our pastor about when we were going to get married and stuff. So his wife says, "So Krista's not going to school, right? Not this year, no. So why are you waiting till September?" Oh, hey, we'll get married in June. (laughs) (laughs) I had made the commitment, actually, that Uh, I wouldn't marry until they were off to college. So then she said, yeah. Yeah. So we... So we did. We got got married married a week after 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 she graduated. graduated. (laughs) (laughs) We we dated and were engaged for like three years. We we waited it out. And if you ask my two youngest daughters, who are the ones that were mostly in the home, although all my kids have lived with us... um, if that was important that I didn't marry then, because right. they were really going through some stuff, uh, they would all say, absolutely. Wow. Hmm. Even yeah. to this day, they, yeah. I've revisited that. But it was peculiar to my situation and what happened. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, the other funny thing about this, this will be my last story about this, but uh, <laughs> so we were going through this pre-engagement counseling yes. at another church. Okay. And it was really great. Our Several people that we knew had gone through it and really enjoyed it. So the last, we were finished with everything except the topic of sex. And so the pastor said, well, you know, this is pre-engagement. We can, we'll wait and you can tell me when you're ready to do this. And I knew when I wanted to propose to Diane on my birthday. So I, you know, she didn't know this, obviously. <laughs> so I told, I told the pastor who was leading it, you know, I think we could do this. Let's do the sex part too. Let's I think we're ready now. for that. <laughs> so we, we finished it up that. and then on my birthday that year I proposed. Oh, so. oh that's so great. And, you're and ready when was that? Beautiful. Yeah, when did you so get married? So he what proposed year did you like three days ago, 20 years ago. Yeah. Oh. His birthday was on uh, Friday. Yeah. On yeah. Friday. Oh, happy birthday. Tw- happy birthday. So it's, it's been 20 So well, we've been, been married, married 18. We remember when. Yeah. together all that time uh, so in June we'll have been married, married 18, 18 years, years. Oh, we dated for goodness. three so guys that's mm-hmm. incredible mm-hmm. I didn't realize Gosh. it had been that long time yeah flies. I know when I said <sighs> on his birthday a couple of days ago I said so 20 years ago you proposed to me I went <laughs> really it's like what? Oh. yesterday wasn't it, was it? Like a blink. <laughs> 
incredible. <laughs> Let me tell you one more love story. My dad was oh. a very oh. conservative, yeah. I'll just say it, he was just a very conservative Christian. And he didn't believe in people that were divorced remarrying. Mm. And so um, Rick said, well, I'm gonna still going to ask him for your hand. <laughs> I said, well, that's going to be not very <laughs> funny. <laughs> <for him." laughs> I still picture this in my mind. Oh. What was that? What would it, oh. I do? Wow. Yeah. But what did he say to you? Oh, he said, you know, I, I uh, understand what you guys believe about this, and I totally respect you, and I'll be supporting you. So, so then... Wow. Huh, I was talking to him and I said, I want to honor you, Dad. Would you want to walk us, knowing how you feel, would you want to walk me down the aisle? And he goes, I really feel like that should be your son Josh's job because, you know, he's the one that's really been living with you all these years and gone through this. So he said, but I'll be there in the front row. Aww. I just bawled because that was yeah. such a huge thing for him. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And he was. Yeah, and I we have pictures of so that's our, my favorite story. wedding day in our bedroom. <laughs> There's one of me when Diane I see Diane walking down the aisle, and I'm starting to cry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so anyway, I gotta do it a, now. <laughs> it's like so a redemptive story. Yeah, yeah it's very, very much there. so. Yeah, mm -hmm. That's beautiful. It is good. Good stuff. But other loving relationships, man. Mm -hmm. Both of us have had um, really long friendships, thirty-year mm -hmm. friendships with people. Um, we get together with a couple that she's been my friend for 35 years mm -hmm. and um, we get together with them for a week, twice a year. Wow. And uh, many, many friends, I, I'd say I have five, six, seven people that I meet with all the time that I've been friends with for 30 years. And yeah. I, I, though now understanding more about you know, now they're doing a lot of neuroscience work um, on the brain and brain connection, and I wouldn't be able to tell it in a way that's scientific very well, but I've been reading a lot. I just can't articulate it well, but there is a real connection between the way our neural pathways work between like when I'm talking to you, yeah. and it develops more pathways. And mm -hmm. so God's doing something through so the loving cool. friendships that we have, mm -hmm. not just it's actually healthy for our brains and our bodies yeah. and in so many ways God wired us. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like if we looked at theology, our creator God, uh, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the three together mm -hmm. always lived in community and they created us to live in that community yeah. of love. Yeah. Love really is the bottom line. Mm -hmm. Love yeah. is what really matters. Yeah. And I, yeah, that's the idea of community and experiencing love with others is and you all have experienced this I know in when you go through difficult times that's really what what carries you through because when I know um, when things are going really bad in my first marriage I would not I don't know what would have happened to me if I didn't have a solid group of guys that walk with me through that and even now I have there's two other guys I meet with um, every Wednesday and for breakfast and we just are encouraging one another so if you're not in some type of relationship like that i encourage you to do it because I think it's that's, essential for it your is, mm -hmm. yeah for your life mm -hmm. yeah it's not just optional right okay. so this is an important topic yeah. that you're talking about that of love i really think it is the bottom line, the bottom line. Yeah. it's the most important thing yeah not all the other things we fuss about and fight about. It's really love. Yeah, yeah and as you know, I think one of the topics through the lenses was community and yeah. I, or in the larger community. And I think as you experience that love in small groups, you see how important it is to do that in the larger community. Right. So, um, and, and we've tried to do that. I mean, Diane was all over that when she was the outreach I pastor of her church. Important. I think it's important. But it is, yeah. yeah. And our now our daughter Katie, who is mm. the high school director, so now she takes her, her high schoolers um, to Chinatown once a month to help with uh, um, the walk. Closer Walk ministry there. Aww. So, and it's It's a amazing. very powerful. She told a story about the last time and how they were taking the food right to the tents of the people there. Mm -hmm. And uh, she had just really been thinking about how Jesus touched people mm -hmm. who nobody touches. Gosh. And so she said she made up 
uh, a point of when she handed them the bag because it was raining so that's why they oh, that's went hard. to their tents okay. to give it to them so she made a point to put it in their hands and hold their hands wow. for a minute and mm -hmm. I just really that really touched me yeah. because she she said then the director David Balch said nobody touches them wow. that's more important mm -hmm. than you thought mm -hmm. and I I think again programs are important but what's really important is love yeah that loving touch was really the thing yeah. that so day. It's so good. Well, so when we end each, um, not, not just our interviews, but every single episode, we we're really trying to be more intentional this year about practicing what we preach, right? Mm -hmm. So we talk mm -hmm. about something, but now what's one little actionable item that we can go out and do. Oh. And so I've made a few notes because we've talked about many of them, really. Because yeah, yeah. I always kind of ask and lean in that direction. And, <laughs> and I've asked, I've written some down, but I always offer it to you first. Because mm -hmm. if you, if you, either of you or both of you would like to, um, we call it our Viacon Dios. Oh, our, okay. The thing that we, we just talked about this. But yeah. what's like something real that we can do? A simple action item that we can go out this week and either mm -hmm. do for ourselves, for our close relationships, our faith, you know, in our mm -hmm. community. Any of those, since we're going through all the lenses here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the just one thing that came to mind for me was uh, one obstacle that I experience when I'm trying to love someone or, ex or experience love for myself is fear. Mm -hmm. And I think just oh, being, understanding that that is just there and in the midst of that fear, God's with me and will help me through it. But the important thing is to move not maybe not beyond that, but understand that it's it's maybe a partner in this, but it's not going to be something that's going to keep me from loving right. someone. We're spending a lot of time in Psalm 23, and I think that is uh, just reading through that and and living in that uh, helps me understand that Jesus really is that shepherd and will guide me through um, all the stuff that comes up. I would say, um, I feel that love, I always look at it through the lens of faith. Hmm. And I am not able to love very well unless I can feel God's love. Hmm. And somehow God's love then flows from me to others. So my thing would be from that lens, check your relationship with God. Do you hmm. feel loved? By God mm. ask yourself how how is my relationship with God do I even do I know God at all and do I how do I experience God do I experience God as a God of love for mm. myself and if not how can I take a step towards that that's a question I so I say I thought little practical thing might be a question mm. that you ask yourself yeah. mm -hmm. how, how, how do I how could I experience that and then to go after that because mm -hmm. from that you he will a god will give you the love yeah. um for others and show you many practical ways like the other day i was just i don't know i just was i wasn't trying to think about how do i reach out to someone i was enjoying god actually i just was enjoying the thought of god's goodness and immediately a person popped into my head mm. and i thought i'm gonna write it on my calendar i need to call that person and mm. i i called her and we had this delightful conversation mm -hmm. and she blessed me a ton and I, but yet it was timely. It was yeah. one of those times where, so I don't know what God will then do with that. Mm -hmm. You know, that uh, part, I don't know, but I think that question is what starts it off. How's, mm -hmm. how's my relationship with God in love? Yeah. And it's just I, part of that too, is knowing God really does want to know what our heart is. So, it, you know, I'm just thinking of, when John the Baptist's two disciples, Andrew and the other disciple, saw Jesus, um, he turned around and looked at him, and what he asked was, what do you want? And that's his question to us. What do you want? What do you want? And that's obviously good. we want love, and we want to be loved, and we want to practice love. So maybe that's a good question for what's, us. To, what's your step? What's yeah. your step to get closer to God, and then the rest will follow. Yeah. You don't have to plan it out. 
Amazing. I don't mm. really want to stop talking with you guys. So I I'm just like, mm, <laughs> should we just keep going? So, oh, but I, yeah. You're but we did promise so you a certain time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I just want to say thank you Probably for asking us. Part. You know, that was what a, what out of the delight. blue. That was so sweet. I keep using that word delight, but yeah. you two are delightful. Really. And we, we just appreciate what you're doing and so respect you. So, Thanks, you yeah, guys. I do. Can I finish this off by praying for you oh, guys? Thank you. I would love, love to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lord, thank you for this conversation. Thank you for the ways that you show up in these moments and that you demonstrate your love to us through other people. And so specifically right now, I thank you for Rick and Diane and the ways that you have um, poured out your love to them so that they can pour out their love to the people around, around them. And I know I've experienced that. And I'm praying now that anyone listening to this podcast would experience your love through their example of not, not some haughty, like show-offy example at all, Lord, but rather a humble example of how they can draw closer to you and to each other and to their community. <laughs>